going on, Legends? It's Daz here, and thank you so much for listening. We are reacting to every game of the NBA Finals, and we hope you're along for the ride. Please give us a like, a rating, a review, a subscribe, all that fun stuff to stay up to date with the NBA and our NFL content. Don't worry, NBA fans. After the finals are complete, we've still got plenty to come, so don't go anywhere. We hope you've enjoyed your day. We hope we can make it a little bit better with this reaction. Let's go. And Paul will dribble it out. First finals game in 28 years, and the Suns give their fans a magnificent performance. Oh boy, oh jeepers, oh crikey, the Phoenix Suns and Daz go 1-0 up in the NBA Finals in a 118-105 victory. But more importantly, Daz gets the important victory over Smithy, who, by the way, is looking as flat as a biscuit. How are you, mate? You summed it up perfectly. Flat as a biscuit. I've absolutely nailed this. If you want to concede now, you can. It's fine. Suns no, in six, I'm mate. I'm no Colin Cowherd. I'm no everyday sport media. I'm not just going to flip on my prediction at the drop of a hat. I'm sticking fat with the Bucks in six. Um, despite their loss, I actually liked what I saw from the Bucks today. So uh, it's not all doom and gloom over here at uh, Smithy HQ, but uh, it's not an ideal start. And having to listen to you and your arrogance all day really hasn't helped. But alas, we're here. We're going to get the episode done and... Uh, Trudge along to game two. Hey, that's it. And it's been a pleasant change from the man with more natural arrogance than anyone I've ever met in yourself. I'll tell you what I enjoyed seeing today, mate. I enjoyed seeing CP3 have zero points in the first quarter and everyone going, oh, no. Oh, by Jesus. Oh, by crikey. What's CP3 delivering? He delivered 32-4-9. and nine. I'll tell you what else I enjoyed seeing, mate. My man D-Book, he's making his finals MVP run with 27-2-6 and six with three steals. But to have those stats with one of eight from three, he's not going to shoot that badly from beyond the arc again. Oh, mate, you're in trouble early. This was fantastic. I mean, you could say that, but you could look at the Bucks only making nine free throws and Giannis only taking 11 field goals and thinking that you're actually in trouble. So... That just sounds like not good enough numbers for me, mate. Well, but that's that's all improvements for the rest of the series, my friend. So uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So we, we're going to dissect game one and then move straight along to game two, I think. Yeah, well, you'd want to move on to game two pretty damn quickly. And if you've got the Bucks on Twitter, mate, I highly recommend that you give them the rev up that they needed. Uh, all the talk coming into this game, not all the talk, actually, I retract that. Some of the talk coming into this game was how was DeAndre Ayton going to perform uh, he's had a really good run in this series, but coming up against um, some really good big boys that Milwaukee have got, and he just thought, I'll tell you how good I am. I'm just going to have 22 and 19. That's 19 rebounds, by the way, on 8 of 10 shooting. Yes, most of them were in the paint, but it's what the big fellas there to do. Yeah, that's it. He's shooting 71% for the playoffs. <laughs> and I, as you said, I know he takes pretty much all of his shots from the paint, but that's still an insane percentage. Mate, I'm a Boston fan. Do you know how many times I've seen us miss layups in the paint? Goodness me. And um, that was actually one of the Bucks' big problems today. They missed so many layups and put-back tip-ins 
and just little easy shots at the rim. So many of them, it was uncharacteristic. I know Chris Middleton missed a few layups early. PJ Tucker missed a wide open layup. Brooke Lopez missed a few tip-ins. Drew Holiday was struggling all game. And Mate, Drew looked like he needed a holiday, let me tell you. Yeah, wasn't it wasn't a great wasn't a great game one from the uh the big man, but that's okay. As I said, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Now yeah. the one thing you you mentioned DeAndre Ayton's dominance. Mm-hmm. The thing that probably won't get spoken about as much um was actually his defense. Yeah. He spent most of the night looking after Giannis Antetokounmpo, who only took 11 field goal attempts. As someone is... that is supporting the Bucks in these playoffs, or in these finals, sorry, does that make you concerned, or are you just thinking when he gets back to full fitness, those numbers will rise? It does concern me a little bit, because he looked completely healthy. I mean... If you haven't seen his chase down block in the second quarter, my goodness, go and watch the clip because it was incredible. But that sh- that shows to me that he is 100% healthy because someone with a bad knee would not be able to do that, my friend. Yeah. Interesting. But I, I, from my perspective, I think he was a bit too unselfish. Like he took He had five field goal attempts. He took his fifth field goal attempt in the first minute of the second quarter and then had six for the rest rest of the game which was pretty much essentially three quarters so six field goal attempts from your best player in three quarters of the nba finals that's just not going to cut it he needs to be a bit more aggressive in my opinion and even though deandre ayton did do a good job on him um, especially down low i think Giannis needs to be a lot more aggressive than what he was in this game yeah couldn't agree more mate although as someone that's back in the suns in this series i wouldn't mind him being a little bit more passive. I'll tell you a stat that really um, got to me, mate. So Steph Curry has been, um, you know, awarded the title of, you know, the last player to change the league with three-point shooting, and we know how good the Golden State Warriors um, were in the playoffs, the finals, beyond the arc. Both of these teams took 88 shots today. Phoenix only made one extra shot, but shot 9.5% better from mid-range. So I know Chris Paul's the mid-range king, but, you know, maybe... Um, field goals, mate, are back in vogue. Yeah, I think it's got a lot to do with the defense that Milwaukee were playing on the pick and roll. I I wrote it down here, and in that second quarter, they were switching everything in terms of the pick and roll. So, DeAndre Ayton would come up and set the screen. Brooke Lopez would follow him up. They'd switch the pick and roll, and you've either got Brooke Lopez defending Devin Booker or Chris Paul, which is a recipe for disaster. Like it, He just got torched every time on the switch. Or if they don't shoot the ball, you've got DeAndre Ayton in the paint against a guard. So it's the, the switch on the pick and roll with Brooke Lopez is just disastrous. They did adjust their coverage in the second half. But they went to a drop coverage, which I hate watching drop coverage on the pick and roll. Oh, my God. To see <laughs> if you get a high screen and roll, the center screens outside the three-point line. Why is the opposition center under the basket leaving just a huge hole in the middle of the, in the, middle of the court? It doesn't make any sense. When, you, when you're coming up against Chris Paul and Devin Booker, who both love shooting the mid-range shot, more more than most people do in this yeah. NBA. 
Brooke Lopez needs to be up in that space, not playing drop coverage. It was it was painful to watch at times. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a good saying in the uh, sport that we both love in Australia, mate. Big guys are dumb guys. And it was a little bit of dumb basketball, and you can't have dumb basketball in the finals. Um, so we're going to go through some moments that uh, mattered in chronological order, and it's really rare that in the first 20 seconds of a game you get a big moment. But um, 20 seconds in, Giannis got um, a shooting foul. He went to the line, and this for me was a massive moment because if he drains both of these really convincingly, he's away. Um, he missed the first one. Took considerably longer to take his second one, and I'd love your thoughts um, on Giannis doing so. I feel like the longer he takes, the worse he looks. But it was probably the most unconvincing free throw I've seen go in, especially in a finals game. Looked really shaky. Um, luckily for him, Chris Middleton hit the next free throw, uh, the next field goal. Sorry. Um, and then D Book got the first one for the Suns, so Daz's boys were up and about early, just like Daz, mate. They're buying the stock. Let me tell you, goodness me! But it's not about me, funnily enough. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll remind myself that once or twice <laughs> as we keep going through. But yeah, what did you think? You obviously we watched the we couldn't watch the game live. We watched it back this afternoon at different points. So Giannis missing those shots did it make you go? Oh boy, here we go. Well, we know that Giannis has trouble at the free throw line and that's okay that's okay because he does so Wait, much else oh, okay. he does yeah. so much else so yeah. Yeah. you know we don't expect him to hit every free throw but you're right the longer he takes at the line the worse he looks mm-hmm. because obviously the Suns crowd was going bunter as you'd expect them to and counting counting up on the free throws and a few times <laughs> early on they got up to about 13 or 14 seconds on his free throws. Obviously, yeah. they're counting quicker than the referees, hence no 10-second yeah. violation. Yeah. But towards the end of the game, Giannis was taking eight or nine seconds on their count. Hmm. So he significantly shortened his free throw routine, and he was he was shooting them beautifully towards the end of the game. I think he made maybe six in a row. Hmm. So I think he's really overthinking it at the line, and... Yeah, your example early in the game, he took about 14 seconds to shoot that free throw and it looked yuck. Oh, it was, yeah. If you had a shot that on 2K, you'd restart the game. That's horrific. Um, but it took the Suns a while to sort of wrestle uh, the lead. It took 16-15 where Devin Booker uh, set up DeAndre Ayton in the paint and I know we've talked about the... Uh, uh, the pick and roll and the defense of the Bucks, but the amount of times that DeAndre Ayton was able to slip past the Bucks defense is surely got to make not only the Bucks coaching staff, but surely the Bucks defenders just explode. He he really moves so well for a man of his size. Oh, my goodness, extra- you know this man was a number one pick, and if it's taking you this long to figure out why, welcome to the party. Yeah, and um. It's always going to be brought up that Luka Doncic and Trey Young were taken after him in the draft. But if you're Phoenix and you're 1-0 up in the finals with your number one pick having 22-19, and 19, you don't care who was taken after him because he's been that good that there's nearly no arguing that they made the wrong choice. Yeah. No, it's impossible to argue. Um, so watching this game and our emotional investment is literally taking on each other in this battle of predictions. And in case you missed it, not that you have, but Big Dazzling's 1-0 up. And let me tell you, he's loving it. 
He's uh, he is McDonald's to the full. But you got to look for moments where teams or players look on. Um, last player, the first quarter, campaign took a three, two on one. Jay Crowder, two Bucks defenders. I forget who they were, but the fact that Jay Crowder was allowed to get the offensive rebound and tip the ball in with 1.6 seconds to go. I mean, you could look at it and go, it was only for a four-point lead, but moments late in quarters like that, we call it red time here in Australia, are just absolute killers. So um, is the moment that important? Perhaps not, but when you're looking at little things, as we tend to do when we dissect these games, that as far as the Bucks go, that can't happen. Yeah, it's just little lapses of concentration. Uh, someone I do want to give a big shout-out to for the Suns is uh, Cam Johnson. Hasn't he been good? Oh, he's been fantastic. Today, he had 10 points, three rebounds, two assists, and two big steals off the bench. Uh, And he shot 46% from three during this playoff run. He was two or four today from behind the line. But he came in straight away and hit a corner three in the first corner. Um, He's got a magnificent-looking jump shot. It's so pure. And then he had a uh, big steal in that first quarter. It just seemed like every time he went near the ball, something good happened. And that was a theme right until the last quarter where he got a clutch steal on Giannis and they ended up scoring on the break. So big shout-out to Cam Johnson. Uh, He slid in the first round. He was just outside the lottery, I believe, pick 16. Um, But he's been fantastic for the Phoenix Suns. So shout-out, Cam Johnson. Even though we've disagreed on who's winning this series, the one thing that we did have in common was if the Suns were going to win this series, um, it was going to have to be because of performances outside of Chris Paul and Devin Booker. So, yeah, Cam Johnson campaign, a couple of cams there, uh, were fantastic. Now, uh, I have questioned, and I know you have as well. I'm not sure whether you've done it on the show. I'm not sure if it was in your rant. But I've questioned Giannis's ability to lead. And I just want to give an example on what I mean by that. So, Devin Booker... um, Excuse me. Devin Booker hit a fadeaway off the glass to go 45-38 up, and then the the Bucs went on a 7-0 run. Chris Paul gets the ball in his hands. Uh, I think he had Jay Crowder free in the corner. Didn't go to him. Took the moment. Took some time off the clock. Hit a three. And then the Suns went on a 9-4 run after that to put some distance on the Bucks. Um, I'd love for you to comment on Giannis's leadership as well. But as much as a superstar that he is, the main reason why I went the Suns over the Bucks, and I'm not saying the series is over. I'm having some fun and I'm taking the piss and all that. And I still think the Suns have got this in the bag. But the, the Bucks' biggest weakness for me right now is leadership and not skill. But And, and I feel like that stands up more in finals. Yeah, it did seem like at times they just needed someone to settle the game down and hit a big shot. But Giannis isn't going to be the type of person who pulls the ball out to behind the three-point line, takes a few size-up dribbles, and pulls up and hits a three-pointer. That's just not his game. Yeah, I'm um, asking him to do that. But that that's what you're sort of saying in terms of leadership, someone to steady the game, hit a big shot, and turn the momentum back in that way. Is that not what you mean? Well, he can he can steady the game, take some time off the clock, absolutely charge at the paint like we know that he can do. That's still taking time off the clock. It's still asserting the game. And a bloke that big, you're either getting out of his way or you're fouling him. 
And then the problem with that is, is do we trust him at the free throw line? And like you said, the later on in the game, we could and early we couldn't. So when the Suns were getting a run on, it, there wasn't a lot of, put. I'll put you on my shoulders. And if that is the case, then the Bucks' next go is going to be, they're going to need to find a leader. I mean, look, I could have egg on my face and the Bucks could turn around and win the next four in a row and I look like an absolute dick, but I can only judge on what, I, what I've seen after game one. And like you've said, if Giannis is fit, if he's 100% healthy, then, yeah, I think the Bucks' biggest leadership is they've got no one to go, all right, I'm going to go win this game for us. It didn't look like it tonight. Yeah, no, I, I can agree with that because I did mention off the top that I thought he was too unselfish and there was times that he needed to be more aggressive in putting the ball in the basket. I think that sort of player for them is Chris Middleton, though. I feel like they turn to Chris Middleton when they need a basket, when they need someone to hit a big shot. And although he had a pretty good night statistically, Chris Middleton, he did miss quite a few shots and looked a bit shaky at times. Uh, You look overall, he had 29 points, 12 of 26 shooting. So pretty good numbers. Yeah. But it just seemed like he missed a few key shots at key stages when the Bucks were looking for a basket. Yeah, and as much as it pains me to say about my man, it wasn't a, whoa, did you see Chris Middleton get 29 points? It was a, oh, okay, Chris Middleton got 29 points. Yeah. But going from points to no points, how is the last 58 seconds of this first half, my friend? So, uh, Mikhail Bridges, I hope I pronounced that right, nailed the three to go eight up. That's all fine. Drew Holiday's got the ball. CP3 makes the steal. Says, I'll have that champion. That's all mine, if you don't mind. Um, uh, Excuse me. Um, Bridges gets the ball back, mate. He's got an open layup. He's in space. It's fine. Giannis has come from genuinely nowhere to make the block of the year. And that's non-debatable. It's the best block since LeBron in 2016. There you go. So... He's done that, and surely you'd think, you'd think, all right, we've got to get a basket off that. Drew's got a layup. Nah, didn't go. Missed a layup. He didn't have a good night, Drew. Your man. Uh, Jay Crowder got the foul to not concede the points. Drew gets the ball back. Does he make up for it, Smithy? He had a turnover. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a rough night for Drew. And Yeah, but don't worry. The um, Bucks turned it over on the way back, and then Dev Book missed a long one from... From three, but I never thought there could be so much drama with zero points involved in 58 seconds. Goodness me. Yeah, and that sort of summed up the night. Um, a few missed layups and a few easy baskets for the Bucks coming back to haunt them. Yeah, so at halftime, as the uh, as the resident Bucks fan for the next six games or however long the series goes, it didn't really feel like the game was gone at the half, but you really felt like the third quarter, Milwaukee had to make a run, didn't it? Yeah, Phoenix always seemed to have a grip on the game, I think. And they had the game on their terms in in terms of what they wanted to do. So they were getting the shots on offense they wanted um, due to the Bucks pick-and-roll defense. Chris Paul and Devin Booker were getting the looks that they wanted to get and converting on them. And DeAndre Ayton was doing a great job slowing down Giannis so uh, the Bucks needed needed something to give in the third quarter and unfortunately for them Chris Paul turned it on he sure did mate but he did have a heart in mouth moment where he drained a really nice three and his left foot 
just rolled horrifically. It looked a lot worse than it was. He didn't really seem that affected by it. Afterwards, maybe the slowed down replay didn't do him justice, but geez, it didn't look good. Yeah, initially it didn't look good. And those are those scary impact injuries. Uh, we saw Kawhi Leonard back in San Antonio uh, was ruled out of the rest of the playoffs after landing on someone's foot on a jump shot. It can do a fair bit of damage and hence why it was called a flagrant one foul on Brook Lopez. Um, but yeah, it was a bit of a scary heart and mouth moment, but Chris Paul seemed to bounce out of it beautifully. Um, yeah, that's it. Didn't seem to slow him down, that's for sure. No, mate, tell you what's not slowing down. Big Dazzling getting these predictions right. Goodness me, the big fellow's flying. The rest of the third quarter, mate, the double, uh, the lead was double digit the whole way through. Even when they got 20 points up, I mean, you sort of thought to yourself, the game's over. But qu- the quality of this Bucks team is it? I I never felt, I don't know, maybe I'm just too opt- uh, pessimistic, but I never felt like it was truly over. I always thought Milwaukee needed to make one more run. You don't get to the NBA Finals and don't make a run late. Two seconds left in the third quarter. My man Chris Middleton hit a deep three to make it 16, and there was a thought of, geez, if they come out, if it got to single digits early, then we'd see a lot of character uh, from the Suns and then enter your man, Cameron Payne. 98-87, 11-point lead. Milwaukee were coming. 11-6 run. Um, But your man... How did it feel to have your... I mean, it was probably the first of the nails in the coffin, but it hurts that little bit more when it's your man. I'm sure when the Bucks get a win in this series, I'm not suggesting for a moment that the Suns sweep. But if uh, if my man Chris Middleton comes out and has 36 or something and the Bucks win, I'm sure it'll sting. So when that one went in, how'd you feel, big fella? Yeah, it was. it's a, it's a weird feeling because um, I thrust campaign into the spotlight on this show That's... a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> and what he de- he delivered on the big stage, which you love to see, but it did hurt at the same time. Same thing with Cam Johnson going through the fourth quarter. He got a massive steal on Giannis that led to another basket. So two of my men uh, pretty much shielding the deal for the Suns and causing you to be one nil up, which that hurts the most. <laughs> I put campaign on the map in this show. Did you actually say that? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that. Anyway, uh, another big moment, 101.94, 702 left. Um, and I, I'm still not sure how this happened, that Devin Booker and I think Cam Johnson were left with just one Bucks defender between them. I think it was uh, Connaughton. I hope I've pronounced his name right. Um who, for some weird reason, went to Cam Johnson, or his initial step, that first step, went towards Cam, Cam Johnson, who, no disrespect to uh, to your man, but probably not quite the level of player as Devin Booker is yet. And D-Book drained the three to go back up 10, and you think to yourself, it's probably over. And then 110-99, CP3 draws a contact from Giannis, hit the shot, I think he hit the plus one as well, and it was truly yeah. game over. So... They're the moments that mattered, mate. We've rambled on a little bit, so we're going to get our final thoughts, our predictions on what we think is going to happen in Game 2. But, uh, yeah, summarise the rest of the game for us from the Bucks' point of view and what you hope to see in Game 2. Yeah, well, here's why I'm not too worried about having the Bucks in this series. Mm. The free-throw battle 
was pretty much decided the game. What was the final margin? Uh, 13. Yeah, the Suns had 16 more points in free throws. Mm-hmm. They were 25 of 26. The Bucks were 9 of 16. So I think that's something that can easily be fixed in terms of um, just tinkering a few things on defense and being a bit more a uh, bit more aggressive on offense, as I said from Giannis. Uh, the second reason I'm not too worried about being on the Buck side is Giannis's Giannis's field goal attempts. Uh, it'd be very rare to find games over the course of this season where he only takes 11 shots for the game. So I think he's going to come out in game two with a different mindset. He's going to be attacking. And it's going to put the Suns' defense under a whole lot more pressure than it was forced to be put under in this one. And the third, the thing I want to see in game two, is that I want to see better pick-and-roll defense. No more switching. No more drop coverage. I want to see Lopez play less minutes. I think they need to have Giannis at the center position. They just look way better on defense and on offense with him playing the center position. They're quicker on offense. They've got more spacing. And on defense, they can switch everything. Because if Giannis goes up uh, following Dondre Ayton on a switch, on a pick and roll, he can switch on to Chris Paul easily and be able to keep pace with him. He can switch on to Devin Booker easily and be able to keep pace with him and stop him from you know, having that easy mid-range jump shot. So there's things there. There's signs there for the Bucks. So I'm not too displeased, although it hurts to be one nil down. Does it hurt to be one nil down or one nil down to me? Uh, yeah, if it was anyone else, it would hurt a little less. But the <laughs> smugness you've provided tonight, and I'm guessing over the course of the next two days, is going to add some salt to the wounds. It's been well overdue, mate. I am. Uh, I'm looking forward to game two, and I mean, this was not a perfect game by the Suns. Um, by any stretch, two of their last three wins, um, they've shot horrifically from three, 32.4% today. They went four of 20 in, I think, game four against the Clippers in what was a really ugly game that we've already spoken about. Um, yeah, their three best players, uh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, I mean, to ask them to improve on 32, 4-9, 27-2-6, and 22-19 and is a bit... A bit flamboyant, but the player that I think can lift and will lift for the Suns is Jay Crowder. Played 33 minutes, uh, got nine rebounds, no complaints about that at all. Went uh, zero for eight all day. He's not going to do that again, I don't feel. That's a real one-off for him. Did hit a free throw to avoid that dreaded donut in a final, so I feel like he's going to improve. Cam Johnson and Cam Payne played 38 minutes between them. That is a massive tick. We know their mid-range game is fantastic. Uh, 32.4% from three, 11 of 34. Uh, I'm not so thrilled about them giving up nearly 44.5% from three. Maybe their their three and D needs to improve. But as long as they're winning, I don't think they need to do uh, too much tinkering. But I'm backing Jay Crowder to bounce back uh, in game two, mate. And the uh, the Bucks are going to head to... Uh, sorry, the Suns are going to head to Milwaukee 2-0 up. And the good old listeners get to hear Daz be smug once again in a couple of days' time. And personally, I can't wait. Yeah, um, come on, Bucks, please. I, I can't be 2 nil down here. <laughs> please, don't lose 2 nil to Daz. Yeah, please, no. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, go follow us on Twitter, at TDs and Threes Podcast. 
We're going to be posting polls the morning of every NBA Finals games. Get on. Pick who you're picking for the day. Yeah. Top get around scorer, I, all that. Yeah, get I, get around either Daz or myself, whoever you're behind for this the NBA Finals. Goodness me. Yeah, you had you had the poll this morning, but oh, hopefully we can get a had few. Had the poll, had the game. Look, it's it's fine. That's just what the big fellas bring to the table. Hopefully we can get a few more on the Smithy and Bucks train on for game two. So go check us out, TDs and Threes podcast. We'll have more content on there over the NBA Finals in terms of who's winning what game, top scorers, and Finals MVP predictions, all that good stuff. Go check us out. Absolutely, mate. Smithy and I are like brand new Spaldings. We are genuinely pumped for game two. We can't wait for it. We hope you join us. Uh, we are going to be doing uh, our reactions to every single game the night of. So if you're in Australia, as most of our audience is, you are going to get these when you wake up the next day. And, mate, I can't think of a better way to drive into work than a couple of just genuine Aussie battlers in life, mate, enjoying a bit of basketball. Love it. If you are in Australia, uh, take it easy. Uh, we know that COVID times are somewhat back, especially in uh, New South Wales. We hope you're all doing well. You're all staying safe. And our American viewership went up, mate. We're now at 9%. And I still, I'd still, i love to know who these people are. I want to get involved. I want them to get involved. Tell us, hit us up on Twitter at the uh, the link we said before, at TDs and Threes Podcast. Comment on one of our posts or send us a message letting us know whereabouts in America you are and what you think of the show because, yeah, I'd, I'd be very interested to see our American audience, where they're from and how they found us because that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely amazing. All right, this is enough of a conclusion. We're out of here. Daz is 1-0 up. Smithy's still flat as a biscuit. It's great to see. We'll catch you after game two. Stay safe, everyone. And the Bucks come the other way. Holiday in this game. They also want to see Drew Holiday get going. They're going to put him in a little bit more pick and roll situation.